If you're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums is Here Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about mud honey super fuzz big muff in the room i have rob boy howdy we are and on the line i have josh dear loser and kyle mud honey super fuzz big muff is the debut ep and first major release by the seattle grunge band mud honey it was released on october 20th 1988 through sub pop records the producer was jack indo and the genre is garage punk Grunge. Is that all? And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Steve Huey. Named after the band's favorite distortion pedal, Super Fuzz Big Muff was actually Mud Honey's first EP. The Super Fuzz Big Muff plus early singles package collects that recording as well as the A and B sides of their first two 45s and two covers. The Dicks and Sonic Youth all release in 1988 to 1989. Taken as a, as a whole, this output makes a case for Mud Honey as a first true grunge band. Oh yeah. Due to the time mm-hmm. constraints of the forms in which this material was originally released, it also makes for their best, most consistent album. As the band largely refrains from the sort of aimless grinding Stooges up updates that slow the momentum of most of its records. Instead, Super Fuzz Big Muff has all the best attributes of Mud Honey's Stooges fixation. Whether it's slow and or fast, this music is grimy, <laughs> raunchous, and violently enthusiastic with a stronger melodic sensibility than Iggy's band possessed. Mud Honey's dominant traits are cymbal chord progressions and a filthy sounding, ultra distorted guitar racket punctuated by Mark Arm's snarling demonic howls. It isn't the most original approach to rock and roll, but when it all comes into focus, as on their uh, Sub Pop's debut single, The Ultimate Grunge Anthem, Touch Me I'm Sick, Mud Honey's power is absolutely throttling. Uh, Touch Me I'm Sick would be essential listening for anyone even remotely interested in the genesis of the Seattle scene, but the album is full of menace, vitriol, rock and roll, plus sharp songwriting that elevates several of their other songs to classic status. Mud Honey's musical range may be quite limited, but as Super Fuzz Big Muff proves, they can be amazing at what they can do. This is the birth of grunge and a reminder to exactly why the music was christened with the word meaning dirt. All right, what do we think of Mud Honey? Super fuzz, big muff. Well, quick question for you, and yes, sir. And aside for the book, is this the first EP that we've had? It has to be. It has to be, right? Uh, I, I, I thought about this too. 
I, I, I don't know of anything else that is this short. So we did have a compilation. I mean, at I, one guess, point, I guess though. Circle Jerks is, a, is this short, but that was a full length record. Yeah, I think every record has been considered a full length. Okay. Yeah, I fucking love it, man. I, I Mud Honey was one of those bands that I knew of their existence, and it didn't. Uh, it never clicked with me as a kid mm-hmm. because I was more interested in the things that came after. Sure. If not just tangentially, but God damn, this, these six songs are impressive as hell. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. And you touched me, I'm sick. A lot because of the, what was that documentary? The Year Punk Broke? No, not that one. You're going to have to be more specific. I don't remember uh, Mud Honey being in that one. They're not. Hype. Oh okay. yeah, hype! That, that that's a great one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mud Honey's in there for the, for touch me, I'm sick. But also, I was into Mud Honey because of the single soundtrack had overblown on it yep. by Mud Honey. Uh-huh. But back then, like, uh, I mean, I'm talking like freshman in high school. I was like, I don't quite get it. I I heard the Nirvana, you know, like I was super into Nirvana. Of course, I was a small child, but like, I I I couldn't quite understand Mud Honey until like. Popped it on last, like this week after, you know, after Living Color. I feel like I warped into the future. I was like, what is this? Like, I feel like I found a warp zone. Yeah. It was like, oh, here we go. Here's the next stage. It's right here. And Claire walked by and she was like, are you listening to grunge? I was like, well, yeah. Well, goddamn, I like, am. <laughs> he was yeah. like, isn't it 1988? I was like, here it is. Like, yep. it, it doesn't. I know that it's you know, taking all its inspiration from, you know, 70s and Stooges and stuff, but it's got its own sound that is, I know they weren't the only band doing this, you know, no, like they, I know. They, they, we, I mean, we, we've we already done Dinosaur Jr. Uh, as far as like sure. guitar we've done dinosaur her- Jr. We've heroics done, in the, uh, yeah, in the we've scene. The puppets. We've done um, Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth, yeah. Sonic Youth. But boy, this just sounded like. It's a different beast. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think Mud Honey has always been just pushed slightly to the side of other, you know, grunge bands. I don't I think a lot of people who are in the know, who know a lot about music, always respect and and praise Mud Honey because I they're the first. They're one of the, you know, they're the originators on the sub pop label, right? But yeah. I think they're just not as well known because they never got to the level that those other bands did get to Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. And why do you think they didn't Nirvana. get there? I can tell do you, you the entire image? story. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, f- obviously, this band could be your life. Wonderful book. The Mud Honey story is really like the sub pop story, yeah. right? The reason they never made it is because they were perceived there was a backlash for grunge, right? They became the poster child for grunge in the Seattle scene to begin with, but they never transitioned out of the Stooges phase of that. And once people saw Nirvana, it was over for a lot of the other bands. They weren't Chris Cornell with, you know, the Kim with those pipes. They weren't Pearl Jam with pop sensibility. They weren't Nirvana with the, the sort of again with the hooks and things like that. They were yeah, the dirty yeah. rock band that was considered the primitive stooges, you know, mountain men, they would say, who, yeah. who just came around and they fucked around a lot. I mean, they just did. They drank a lot of beers. They got fucked up on stage. It 
they're more in line with a band like the Butthole Surfers. Same. And so Sub Pop, at the time, they were getting so big that they uh, they didn't put money behind Mud Honey, right? They were getting all these other bands, Afghan Wigs. They were getting, uh, they were si- starting to sign all these different uh, grunge bands because they were so popular, right? They got Nirvana. They got uh, Tad. Tad. Yeah, exactly. Six Finger Satellite. But Mud Honey was set aside because they had already popped. They had already done Touch Me I'm Sick in this album, Super Fuzz Big Muff. And so when you have that, then they had to kind of scrape together and say, okay, let's go to a major label. And that major label just didn't give a shit. They, I mean, they specifically asked for things so they would have creative control, but asking for those creative control things then put them sort of in a limbo area that this yeah. major label didn't really want to push them. And so, you know, it just kind of fizzled out uh, eventually. Died on the vine. Mm-hmm. But wonderful album. I mean, this album is oh, so good. really, really good. Six this songs, so bleached. I can, f- yeah, I completely forgot that it was only six songs in that. Songs like Need, No One Has are, you're right, they're exactly what happens with Bleach, you know, a year later, I think, yep. um, with Nirvana. Was Bleach 89? Bleach is uh, 89. All right, there Yeah, but yeah, just, yeah, just after it. Yeah, you, you hear everything coming down the pipe with this. You even hear Coke Dares. <laughs> Wait, that, is this the I same engineer as Bleach? Yes. I feel like it might be. It is, right? It is. Okay. So and he had a real good connection with Sub Pop. And so Sub Pop, he would do a record for a thousand dollars. Right. And so Sub Pop just sent all their art, new artists that they're yep. signing over to him, <laughs> said, do it. Mud Honey, Nirvana, Soundgarden, you know, and he would. Yeah, yeah. They would just send everything his way because it's six hundo. Yeah, it, it's you do it. You get it done. You put it out and it's the Seattle sound. So. And it sounds so good. It sounds, it sounds so good. It sounds pummeling and different. It sounds ruckus and yeah. It's like you listen to it and it's like you can just see like Motley Crue like evaporating like the <laughs> photograph and, and Back to the Future. You know, you just see them disappearing. <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's just to me, it's just this like, I don't care about you. We don't care about these huge amphitheaters full of, you know, full of screaming fans. We don't care about any of that stuff. We're just making this because it's dirty rock and roll. Yeah. It's because it's what we like. It's, it's who we are, yeah, right? It's, it's who it's, we it's, are. It's what they do. Yeah. yeah. The- we like putting on Stooges records and, you know, playing guitar and drink beer and who gives a shit if you like it, you know? And that launched like a thousand bands. It's, Yeah. It's like Velvet yeah. Underground, yeah. Yeah, it's at least the bridge. Uh, so yeah. sorry. So there's a lot of stuff going on around this time, right? But at least I would say, like for me, it's it's the bridge for sure. It's what connects all of that, you know, that the proto punk stuff, the punk rock stuff, the '80s hard rock stuff, all of that, that then merges into this new thing of grunge in the early '90s. To me, Mud Honey is the bridge. Yeah. Uh, if you know, as we've talked about other records. Would we recommend this record to someone else? If we met someone younger who was really into a certain genre, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I'm recommending this to me a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I I just mean as 
how important it is to understand what is happening, this is such a good time capsule of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Mud Honey really pulls in from the 70s vibe, right? The the Stooges vibe. They, totally. It, MC5. It, MC5. Yeah, yeah. At times they didn't know exactly where they sat with that because they they said, are we a serious band? Aren't we a serious band? Are we just parroting these like 70s bands? How much of this is us? How much of this is, are we just, you know, copying from, you know, I want to be your dog, touch me, I'm sick. You know, like things like that. They had questions about how they were presenting themselves, but ultimately they were just there to make, uh, make, make noise and to scream and have a good time. I mean, the fact that they're even like introspective about that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, you know, that sort of um, was a surprise, too, because I think a lot of people just consider Mudhoney the, you know, kind of dumb jocks, right? Who are just playing dumb rock and roll. And, you know, they went to college. It wasn't that they were just these uh, Neanderthals who just picked up the guitar and uh, they weren't Sid Vicious, right? They they knew how to play their instruments and they knew what they were doing. And that's why I think this translates so well uh, into being a sloppy. It sounds sloppy because they knew what they were doing. The guitar leads sound off kilter, but still in some way interesting because they were designed that way. Yeah, Mark Mark Arm said, you know, it, it enabled them to do whatever the fuck they wanted despite the crowds. You know, they they would create this ruckus music, then they would just drink beer and watch the other bands that are in the Seattle scene, right? That was that was part of it. I'm sure they saw some cool stuff, you know. It's... Yeah. So, uh, you know, they hit it off of obviously they were in a band before this. Uh, Stone Gossard was in Green River, named after the Green River Killer of Seattle, yep. uh, which was kind of strange because that was still in the 80s when the Green River Killer was active. Um, but they hit it off in 1985 when they played with Sonic Youth, who came to Seattle and uh, kind of realized that, oh, shit, like Seattle's happening, like something's happening in Seattle. The sound uh, engineer for uh, Sonic Youth was like, you guys have something here, like it's going to happen and i think there was a real feeling with a uh, sub pop too they were just everyone kind of got this sense that oh wait we have a bunch of good bands and it's sounding unlike anything we've we're hearing out of stadium rock at the time right of course april 1st 1986 there was a deep six comp that had mud honey tad had all these different uh you know, Seattle bands. And that was considered the first like, quote unquote, like grunge album. Right. So this is, are you talking about Sub Pop 100? That's Sub Pop 100, right? Uh, the Deep I, Six comp. Well, so Sub Pop 100 also came out in 86. Oh, okay. 
Maybe they called it something something different. I remember listening to that too, Josh. Yeah, and so but that also had like punk bands on it. It had like Wipers, Naked Ray Gun. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And Wipers, Skinny yeah. Puppy was on it. That came out slightly later. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, but it's the same year though, right? And I think it's the first thing that Sub Pop officially put out, right? No, they they put out this, but it was that was a comp the compilation that they they sort of borrowed a bunch of bands that yeah other bands that were uh, happening around the time. Yeah, I remember like my freshman year of high school getting like sub pop catalogs and just seeing the artwork, you know, and not being able to listen to anything, you know. Yeah. I'm sure it sounds quaint now, but you would just oh. Yeah, this sounds interesting. This you looks know. cool. Yeah. The, Sub Pop was really, really good. They said they spent a lot of time with promotion, a lot of times with descriptions of albums. Yeah. The artwork in the al- the album artwork for this is fantastic. I'm a little absolutely I'm a little bummed that the re-release of this with the additional, you know, singles doesn't have the same artwork because I love the how the mud honey like wraps around the live yeah. performance yeah 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 it's fucking it's beautiful i don't understand exactly oh, what what are, you, what are you showing off there Rob? oh no just the uh the the, the oh cover i thought the you had a little one. yeah okay Never it mind. harkens back to the 60s Fillmore, you know west poster art right yeah, yeah. it's great it's great yeah, for sure but at the it's same time so, reminds me of the mooney suzuki exactly yeah and they there we go they really wanted this like in your face showing the crowds showing stark black and white. So they would take photos of the bands, you know, in the element with the crowd right there. And it sort of, uh, that became a big thing with grunge, right? It was breaking down the same that punk did in that's in that era. Grunge was doing now in the new era where it was, it was taking all these local bands. They were right there in the crowd. They were just like your neighbors and saying, all right, do this. Like we, we can all, get together, yeah. have shows and, and do the thing. They, <laughs> hey, is Ladder Than Love in this book? I don't know. I knew that Sub Pop did it. I did not know that they were one of the first ones to do it with independent record labels is to do the extremely limited releases mm-hmm. to you know push the hype and all that stuff, right? And so that became such a big thing in the 90s. Yeah, they released this on Chip Brown. <laughs> yeah. It's like they were trying to compete with comic books in the early 90s. Yeah, that was such good marketing, though. You know, you release a record, have a limited edition colored vinyl, and then when you repress it, you did do a different color. And then it's it's, right. it's kind of like, a you know, it, you know which edition you have based on on colors and based on, you know, different artwork and things like that. So things are exactly the same as far as vinyl these days. Right. But this was, you know, this was the start of that. Yeah. Right. And this is before things could go viral. Right. This is before like you could hear, you know, a rumor about something being cool and check it out. Right. Yeah, and this so, is all still. Yeah, it was a way trading. to sort of do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is all still tape trading. Uh, to answer your question, Kyle, no, it is super unknown. That's the only sound garden we're going to get. And it's directly next to Offspring Smash. Oh, bro. Um, another thing I really wasn't aware with. Uh, with this band and with the grunge uh, scene is a lot of people were taking a MDA. So, yep. And so they were drinking beer and taking MDA and having these sort of uh, strange experiences at these shows 
which made a lot of sense after I started look, you know, looking into it. It's like MDA has this sort of love fest, but at the same time you feel when, when sound comes at you, it feels like a real, almost religious experience. Right. Yeah. So you can imagine Chris Cornell like singing and it just sounds otherworldly. Right. This sounds like a Patreon episode. Yeah. Yeah, where we, we do empty, empty we all just and listen to psychedelics s- and listen to Soundgarden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Subscribe. Uh, so what now. are you guys' uh, favorite <laughs> tracks the name of on this record? Dude, they're all good. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and Stars it was next to, to all of them. Too. No, of course, but if you had to. Okay, so In and Out of Grace really uh, brought it home sure. for me. Yeah, woof. Yeah, wow. Yeah, woo, yeah. doggy. I've heard this. Uh, I, I think I've he- mostly heard this album in the extended form right that's the one that i listened to which yeah. is you know but yeah like the as far as like these these six track tracks are concerned i'm i'm on board for our, every single one of them i i could have told you some things i wasn't like too keen on on the uh 12 track but this one oh well yeah I, I didn't mean that i meant more of like if you had to you know like we were talking about someone younger is very much into this style of music what would you suggest as like a, a single track? Touch Me, I'm uh, Sick became yeah. the defining track of the entire. Rabbit is not on this original EP, though. Nope, yeah. it's not. Unless yeah. you get the 90 re-release. I, I, I will see what my favorite one is. Yes, please, Josh. You're burying the lead. Probably no one has. No one has rips. That's a great one. It's just It just kicks you in the teeth. I mean, it's like... I'm with you. I'm with you, Josh. That shreds. <laughs> uh, but it's also just like a straightforward rocker. So it's uh, I, for me. Sorry, in my notes, I just have wipers, Nirvana, two stars. <laughs> yes, right. Extra two stars. stars. Oh, okay. I mean, at <laughs> so, a one star. <laughs> right. Okay. So, yeah. So, on a one star scale, they get two. Perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wipers. Wow. Right. It's also just like really up my alley for this type of thing where I love what Grunge is doing, especially at this point. But I love straightforward rockers, and that's, sure. I mean, for me. Uh, but all of you are right. They're, they're all super solid. And In and Out of Grace, also amazing. It's a powerhouse. It's a, uh, yeah. Oh, God, how I love to hate. I mean, if you could take one lyric that could embody what's going to become grunge music. Oh, good point. Yeah, that's good insight. Yeah, that's, that's what's coming I mean, up. It's, it's desperate. It's desperate. I'm sorry. It's desperate. It's dirty. It's just this. Like, It's great. You know you don't get on this, and I think it was on the hype soundtrack, or not the soundtrack, the uh, the movie, um, where there was some guy explaining the difference between grunge and punk rock. Yes. And he was going, so punk rock is like, bum, ba dum bum, 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 ba dum bum, 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 and then grunge is bum, ba dum bum, 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 So it's a step up as opposed to a step down for progression. Um and I don't hear much step up in this uh, this not, EP. So it's, it, it, it's because this is straddling the that that Detroit sound, yeah. right? Right, exactly. In, influenced yeah. by this the Stooges. Yeah, yeah. All right. It has, and that's what separated them, I think, from those other peers is that they were focused on the rock and roll. Yep, pure rock and roll, like the garage rock that came before it with the Sonics, with all those other, you know, uh, Northern uh, Pacific Northwest bands, right? They were, they were reinventing that as, as opposed to the other bands who were 
taking that, but then they were also going into pop elements yep. and, and, and translating. Mudhoney is a very one. They have their thing. And it's great. And it's so, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. That's like the Ramones, you know? Yeah, yeah. You don't. You, you don't see the Ramones, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Don't mess with the formula. They know what they were doing. Uh, it was said that Arm isn't the best singer to emerge from the Seattle scene <laughs> and could, could arguably be the worst. <laughs> and he, but people said, who cares? Let Eddie Vedder, Chris Cornell, etc. wow the world with their big tonsils and <laughs> enunciation lessons. It was up to I mean, that Arm makes sense. to provide some much needed mayhem. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I couldn't get into them when I was like really young. I was like, I don't know if this guy knows how to sing. You know? <laughs> right, but to me, that's what I love about it. It's that who cares? I love right? it. And, and, yeah, as they get older. Who cares? Yeah. In 1988, I don't know that it would have gotten to everything else, right? I mean, it, it was grabbing all that angst, all this, like, no more of the hair metal of all that stuff from the 80s, even though this is 88, right? This is it's the harbinger of grunge. This is looking into the crystal ball. Uh, which I imagine is made of flannel. I don't know. Uh, that's going to show us what's happening in the next few years. Yeah. And this is coming out like the same years, like Queensryche's uh, yeah. Operation Mindcrime with perhaps and, and arguably you, you have multiple the best vocals years. ever recorded of all time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but also you have multiple more years of, of hair metal, of butt rock. Yeah. Right? Multiple of, of, like by three yeah. years, you know, like, yeah. And those were a big three years. It's like, oh, these guys seem a little like they don't, they're playing a little laissez-faire. You know, it's fun to not care that much. And then you hear those drums and you're like, oh, my God, that guy cares. That guy's doing the best he can. Someone in this three-piece gives a fuck. He's pounding that shit out. Uh, I have so much. Dude, continue. I'm just going to, I'm just going to fast track a lot of these things. These are quotes from uh, various people around the scene. Uh, Jonathan Poneman. Uh, who was also a co- co-label mate of uh, Sub Pop. He says, Mudhoney's early stuff was simple, very concise, with an emphasis on uh, momentum and explosion. The way they employed a fuzz pedal went beyond anything Blue Cheer had ever done. There was also an unpredictability, which may be due to being a young band that was just finding its footing. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. The, the Blue yeah, Cheer connection, pretty... I didn't even fucking put oh, that right. together. Yeah. That's oh, absolutely. Cool. God damn. They're the next blue cheer for sure. Yeah. Uh, Peterson, he says, as a photographer, you couldn't really ask for much more. The long hair, the ripped jeans, the pseudo sarcastic thrift store t-shirts that just had unbridled energy. Matt really didn't care what he was hitting. He was more interested in swinging his bass over his head than playing the right notes. And it worked part of the time. You don't go to a mud honey <laughs> show to have them recapitulate the album note by note. It's all about, what kind of car crash is going to happen? Capturing that car crash at the mono- moment 
was what was great about photography, uh, photographing mud honey. Man, that guy could have been talking about the replacements. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the most 90s band <laughs> of the 80s. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, all of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great review of everything that's going to come, right? Of course, I talked about Sonic Youth. They took them on tour. And in 98, they went over to the UK. Of course, by that time, Sonic Youth was this big band, the UK, right? Everyone's sort of excited on the other side of the pond of uh about Sonic Youth. And so John Peel starts getting into Mud Honey, starts playing Touch Me, I'm Sick. And so such a tastemaker. You see a lot of people, you know, start responding to that. And they essentially uh, play a club uh, in the UK when they t- they did a circle around Europe and came back to the UK. And, and by that time, there were a thousand people at the concert, 150 reporters. Uh, they didn't have enough security and it just turned into a, a, compl- riot. a complete riot. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Thurston Moore also said Bob was there for one reason. Uh, and he's speaking about uh, Baba Whitaker, who was a not a hanger on, but he was kind of just there in the scene. He was the best. He's our the Will Pepple of the yeah. of the scene, right? He would just come. He would party. He would feed people beers. He would make sure people got paid. He'd make sure there was a you know like a hotel room, right? He he kind of got the job done essentially. He would go and bug promoters and and do all sorts of stuff. But Bob Moore says Bob was there for one reason to have a lot of fun. Uh, we'd make fun. Of our differences, we're on tour, Velvet Underground, listening, black wearing, book reading kind of band in the van, whereas Mud Honey were torn shirts and jeans, going out and getting completely drunk, then rolling around in the parking lot and buying records all the time. So we used to talk about their van as this pot smoking, beer drinking, cassette tape listening party machine in our van, sort of as a mood lighting and reading Charles Dickens experience. I want to be uh, on the former. <laughs> you want to be on the mud honey band? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah this uh, maybe it's a midlife crisis, but that sounds <laughs> fucking fun. Also, I guess during this time, you know, their their uh, video for "Touch Me, I'm Sick" came out, and then you know Nirvana started hitting, and Arm would say, you know, MTV kind of wrecked our scene essentially because they would go on tour. Even though it wasn't the you know greatest time, I think in Kentucky, where was it? In Lexington, Kentucky, they received fourteen dollars, two cigarette packs, and a case of Sprite. That, that they said that honestly with inflation, that's like <laughs> enough to buy a house. <laughs> they said that MTV kind of wrecked their t- first tour because they'd go around the country. Each town had its own weird way of reacting. Right? They would mm-hmm. get in the crowd. People would not know exactly what to do. A couple years later. Uh, MTV kind of showed it exactly what you're supposed to do and supposed to behave like. And so then everyone just started, you know, stage diving, stage and, diving yeah. and moshing ah. and, and doing that kind of stuff. He thought it was, do you guys of, miss a monoculture? Uh, not really. No, but I do miss having, being able to like rock and roll on the radio or things that aren't auto tuned or, um, having, I, having that yeah. like, kind of widely accepted and but just we fine. but i mean even here we have like the college radio station or the indie radio station where we can listen to yeah we do all kinds of shit yeah. but no no the um 
I miss being in my twenties in a scene more than I miss uh, the the concept of a monoculture. Yeah, I miss but, being surprised. I think. Yeah, or uh, honestly, I'm just I'm excited when I'm surprised. Yes, absolutely. And it happens fewer and far between, more or less, mostly because we've been stuck inside our houses for <laughs> two fucking years. Yeah, too long. <laughs> So surprise me. I've had fun uh, so, discovering records with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> This record was a surprise. Was it? I kind of thought that you'd be a, a mud honey aficionado. No, I'm flattered, Rob. But um, oh. like I said, I only heard the song off of uh, the single soundtrack and the song off of the, uh, oh, what is it? The hype soundtrack. Yeah. Fair enough, buddy. When we start doing Nirvana, though, every single time I post the... Uh, the show, it's just going to be a JPEG of your like high school photos of you with your Kurt Cobain hair. That's fine. I know. It hey, is. <laughs> hey, I don't mind showing off those locks. <laughs> those were beautiful locks, buddy. Oh, please don't. <laughs> I had blonde hair down to my goddamn middle of my back. You sure did. Okay, two more things with uh, Thurston Moore because I'm a Sonic Youth nerd. When Mark Arm used to uh, travel with Sonic Youth, he. Uh, Moore says that he used to mythologize the Sonic Youth profile. He would be in hotel rooms calling up different bands, staying in the same hotel room three in the morning, saying he was uh, Moore, asking people to come hang out. They'd be asleep, not into it, and he'd be yelling on the phone, don't you know who I am? I'm fucking Thurston Moore from Sonic fucking Youth, and demand that they come up and hang out. He'd hang up the phone in, in a... Thurston Moore would be like, Mark, please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But Moore did have, you know, super nice things to say about them. He knew that, you know, they're 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 like the butthole surfers. You know, he knew he knew what scene he was in. He said, but no, they're not like the butthole surfers because he's not actively scared of them. (laughs) Yeah. He said at a lot of gigs. Sonic Youth would just be getting started on the first song and Mark would come flying across the stage and do a backflip into the audience and get the riot started. It was totally awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rad. Amazing. Uh, yeah, Mud Honey is something else. It's again, I, I just want to emphasize that I I do feel like they are the what would you say? Redheaded stepchild of grunge. I mean, they're they're the well, often oftentimes the ones out front are the ones that get shot first. Yeah. and I think that yeah. that's the um, yeah that that's what we got going on here is just a uh, like yeah f- first off the line is the one that gets fucking like they get yeah. gets popped. Yeah, this this album rips though. I mean, it rips. It's got that motoric just beat and is just pummeling yeah Yeah, listen to this after uh everything but the girl especially (laughs) it's a it's a it's a you know diametrically opposed to that album it's on the different you know if there was a spectrum i feel like this would be at the opposite end well uh, rob uh you remember uh dave peterson talking about like the secret to playing music before you play a show is to play the wimpiest song possible and then just walk out and play Absolutely. like the most rocking song yeah <laughs> so like going from everything but the girl to this i was like this is a sonic revolution yeah. you know yeah like, oh my god absolutely yeah. well we're not done with this band we're gonna discuss another one of their uh their albums in the book it's gonna be uh every good boy deserves fudge oh yeah july 26 yeah. 91 
Yeah. So, is that a double album? I don't know. I just no tab. No, it's not double. <laughs> uh, it is where they do transition a bit. This album is a very you know, this is their yeah this, this Stooges garage influence, and they're gonna they're gonna transition a bit out of that. Is it gonna be trip hop? No, <laughs> oh, it <yeah>. is not. <laughs> Dub house. Uh, I, I love to. Uh, they said, you know, all these songs are all a bunch of arm songs have to do with songs about dogs or sickness. They said we uh, the band always kept trying to p- poke him in the direction of writing a song about a sick dog, but it never happened. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's it's true. I mean, touch me. I'm sick. was like quintessential, right? Absolutely. It, yeah. it just, yeah. The lyrics are, I feel bad and I felt worse. I'm a creep. Yeah, I'm a jerk. The self-loathing, too, I think is a big part of grunge, right? The slacker, the loser. 100%. Yeah. 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 Which is just copying the entirety of the replacements catalog. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, too, Mudhoney knew they were they were in that replacements territory. Yeah. They were self-aware enough to know that like their stage presence was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you subscribe to sub pop's mailing list, they would send you a sticker saying loser. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you did. applied to be on the label, uh, they would send you a letter that said, dear loser. If they did not want you on the label. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's back when being a loser was cool. <laughs> Sounds good. I love it. Yeah, uh, but 100% positive. The, yeah, this totally is, yeah. positive. This is completely yeah. a thing that everyone should listen to. It's Put beautiful. it on right now. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. What are you doing? It's 20 I minutes. I think your kid will like it. Yeah. The, yeah, the time yeah. that you've listened to this podcast, you could have listened to this twice. Yeah, because we just did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more about Touch Me, I'm Sick. Reeked of spilt beer, bong smoke, sweaty flannel shirts, and some unspecified contagious disease. Yeah, that <laughs> that really does sound like high school. <laughs> all right. Can't w- wait to talk more about uh, grunge, all the all the shit that's going on in Heck Seattle yeah. after this. Yeah, I'm going to grow my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> I already did. <laughs> I can right. tell. Yeah. Me too, buddy. <laughs> Next time we'll be talking about REM Green. Woo! This could be the best day of my life. <laughs>